Welcome to the Happy Rant Podcast, the podcast in which Stephen Altrogi, Barnabas Piper, and Ted Cluck cheerfully rant about all the things that don't matter all that much. And now, buckle up for today's episode. Fellas, fellas, welcome to uh, another episode of the Happy Rant Podcast. Uh, I am Ted Cluck. They are Ronnie Martin and uh, Barnabas Piper. Uh, gentlemen, how are you, man? Are you getting ready for the uh, most overrated meal in uh, in the American holiday cycle? Uh, oh, so ready to put on ten or fifteen pounds on Thursday. It's going to be beautiful. Now, baby, do you uh, do you go big for this meal? Is this a, a huge deal in the Martin uh, Martin household? You know, typically it was when we had family nearby, but now that fam is across the country, it's a little more low key. But we really we really try to indulge, nonetheless. Yeah. Okay. What does that look like at your house, man? Well, this year it's a little lo-fi. I'm not going to lie to you. It's 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 yeah. going to sound like a real sad episode of Little House on the Prairie. It's just me and the missus. You know, we're just gonna we're just gonna be uh, the two of us because the kid is in Denver. Right. And we're just going to keep it real low-key. We're going to keep it real quiet. Uh, you know, a lot of uh, a lot of cooking, a lot of baking, a lot of uh, you know uh, Christmas specials on on the television, and a lot of a lot of cozy book reading and those types of things. Baby, that, so, that is a sad little house app, man. Why it don't you really is. To, why don't you call Nels from the Mercantile and, uh, and, and Almanzo and see if they're doing anything? Well, Nels is actually going to be the one that's making our turkey. So we'll have to at that's, some point go to the Mercantile yeah. and pick that thing up. Ronnie, so it's, it's, you left out the most essential ingredient of a good Thanksgiving, and that's football. Oh, okay. Run, you and the missus will not be watching the Dallas Cowboys play the Carolina Panthers? Now, when you say Cowboys and Panthers, I'm guessing that that's not literal, Pipe. <laughs> that would be more entertaining on television than watching the no the uh, the men wearing plastic hats run into each other. Right. I mean, if you're telling me there's going to be literal Cowboys and Black Panthers on a field fighting each other, I'm in. <laughs> I mean, I'm I'm turning. I mean, I'm literally. I'm just. I'm I'm turning the channel. You know? S- that's, six that's guns. Six watch. guns and claws everywhere. <laughs> oh, I love it. I love it. Now, uh, Big R, you could throw in uh, Any Given Sunday, which I, I know is a, a favorite football film of yours. You know what? Um, Tim, Does that's move. A great point. And if it wasn't the fact that Creed is coming out that day, which obviously, oh. as we discussed last time, is Rocky Seven. I, I might consider that. Now, tell me, does uh, does M get into uh, Creed? Will she uh, go with you to the theater to watch that? You know, here's the thing. I'm I'm actually more. If I'm going to be real honest here on the broadcast, I'm actually more of a, of a guy that enjoys drama and romance. You know, I'm a huge Downton fan. My wife would be mm-hmm. the one that actually likes those types of movies even a little more strongly than I do. Now, obviously, I do have a thing for sports movies. So uh, yeah, you know she'll she'll be right alongside of me with Creed. It's She's really, not going to make me do that alone, Big T. It's really That's refreshing good. to have a co-host who will just come out and admit his love of drama, whereas Stephen would always kind of play it off and pretend like it wasn't the case. We know we knew he was a closet Downton fan, but you just come out and say it, and that's the kind of authenticity that really makes this show tick. Dude, Absolutely. I feel like Stephen kind of grappling with his masculinity was a nice uh, – that was a nice kind of recurring bit on the show though. You I know, enjoy. and I just – there's just – I'm not one of these guys that's, that's guilty about the pleasure. You know, mm. it is what it is. I enjoy it. And, uh, you know, I'm also not a guy struggling in rehab right now like, like Trogues. So it's – there's, there's he, some stuff going on there. There's a lot know? of – yeah, he's fighting a lot of demons, uh, masculinity demons, substance abuse, gambling. I mean it's, it's a rough stretch. Absolutely. What about you, man? Any, uh, any guilty pleasures for you? Uh, guilty pleasures? I don't. I don't know. I guess uh, it's hard if you don't feel guilty. Are they guilty pleasures? 
No, I don't think I don't think any of the three of us feel guilty. Which no, is there's, probably, yeah, there's that doesn't qualify. at some level an indictment of our characters. But uh, I, I will say I I don't watch or tend to enjoy most of the shows or movies that are sort of stereotypically uh, for women, as they say. Yeah. So like Downton, although Downton seems to be crossing a lot of borders, I know a number of men who enjoy that. I've I watched about half of one episode and fell asleep. So. Hmm. Yeah. What about uh, what about Little House on the Prairie, man? I feel like I liked that a lot when I was a kid. Although I would have thought of it as a guilty pleasure then, because at, boys can't admit to those things. I haven't. Now that my uh, my daughters are watching it now, like the old what was it Michael Landon? Was he the uh, yeah. was he the, He's the, the guy? The, the, he was Pa. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. My daughters are watching it, and I I was it was I had a lot of nostalgia come back to me when they were watching it. I, I thought it was really great. I found it odd how Pa found a reason to take his shirt off in every ep. You know what I mean? And he was quite like, tan too, wasn't? Yeah, he? Ooh, I just yes. I, I just fell from the fence row, and I, I think I've cracked a rib again. And he, yeah, he had sort of that like he shaved a day and a half ago, but yeah. it was perpetually like that. Never a beard, never clean shaven. His yeah. shirt, his shirt always had enough buttons to show just a little bit of pectorals. Yeah, he was uh, a yeah. yeah, he was swoon worthy. Dude, you know what? He was kind of like the modern church planter in that regard, man. I mean, wow. the, the flannel open just a little, you know, just one button too deep. You know, the 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 kind of heavy set friend with the huge beard. You know, like yeah, what was his friend's name on the show. I, we'll just call him worship leader. Yeah, yeah, the, the, dude. Really, the entire cast of that show was like a, a modern church planting family. Man. You know what? I'll tell you what. Let me take it a step further. I mean, you stick a take you stick a beard on Darren Patrick, and we are watching an episode of Little House on the Prairie. Absolutely. We would call that the dude's guide to prairies, however. Yeah. <laughs> the dude's guide to prairies. Just staying on brand. Staying That's on right. brand. Gotta stay consistent. Now, gentlemen, speaking of uh speaking of our boy D Pat, um you guys wanted to talk about uh and, and it's something that's I feel like it's kind of come up on the program before, man. Just the whole kind of hierarchy of reformed celebrity, i.e. you got your A-listers, your B-listers, your C and D-listers. Like, where do we fall in that continuum, and why do certain guys fall where they fall? So, I mean, in keeping with the Little House sort of analogy, man, I feel I feel like Maddie Chandler's probably the pa. You know what I mean? Whereas I feel like, Big R, where would you and I fall, man? What characters would we be? You know, I don't know. I mean, we're we're going to be we're going to be a supporting role. You know, I mean, yeah, we're going to be yeah. part of that supporting cast. I mean, there's there's no doubt that you know we we don't fall in line with uh, you know with Michael Landon, aka Matt Chandler, or you know or you know or, or some of these other guys that'll fall in line with Tim Keller and Carson and and Young and these guys. So, I mean, we're going to be more like we're going to be more like Almanzo or maybe Albert Ingalls. <laughs> you know, all right, I mean, that, all right, yeah. Baby, I feel like I'm even lower than that. I feel like I'm Nels. So you know what I mean? The, the, I run the mercantile. I, I, I appear in like every fourth ep. I feel right. like we, we might be more just like townspeople who die of smallpox in, yeah. in an episode yeah. and are never heard from and again. And are completely forgotten. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We're gone. the people. We're, we're like, we're not, I would even go further than that. Let me raise you on that pipe. I oh, would wow. say we're reoccurring characters that you see every six episodes for about six episodes and then we just kind of vanish. Okay, I yeah. like it. I like the, it. Which means we were like the director's nephew and just got thrown in there. Which, in my case, actually fits the analogy really, really well. So it actually just does. The, the, I didn't want to say that. The but nepotism thing. So, so no, I mean, I, I have to be honest about these things. Authenticity is the name of the game. So, dude, I, th- I think in that regard, Pipe would be he would be Albert. You know what I mean? The son he would be the son of the main character. 
You know, here's the thing. If you guys don't know this, let me just say that like in the later episodes, Michael Landon's daughter actually had a weekly role as the school teacher. Okay. So that is, that is B pipe right there. He is. I'll be darned. The young schoolmaster, you know, absolutely. Which is kind of the role he plays on, uh, on this program. So, uh, so, fellas, I'll, uh, I'll just throw a few names out, man, and I want you guys to assign, you know, kind of, kind of hierarchical levels to these guys. What about, uh, what about our boy uh, Joe Thorne, man? Where do, you, where do you put him? He of the, like, tattooed hands and, and wrists and gigantic beard. Where, where does he fall in this? Was, was there a character in the show that was always smoking? Mm. I don't know, man. Because, because yeah, that would have been, uh, that would have been uh, uh, Mr. Edwards. Joe Thorne Edwards. would be Mr. Edwards. Dude, the beard and the smoking, that really follows. That because goes. Joe Thorne's, uh, Joe Thorne's Instagram feed is like 10% his kids yeah. and 90% cigars and tattoos. Absolutely. And that's what I think is fascinating about Joe. I've really, man, I've gained a lot from some of his writings. Um, I really like where he goes. I think he's super solid. But yet, you know, if you go to, you know, a TGC or a T4G, you're, you're not seeing Thorny. Doing a plenary yeah. gig, so hey, why is Thorny I, not getting that gig, Big R? What's I don't going know. On? You know that that's the thing. That, I mean, that's the question, and, and maybe Piper has a little more insight into this. But you know, I feel like that there's, you know, you know, I, I think a lot of us understand how some of these things work. You know, I mean, I've put on events in the past and done things of, of that nature, and there's a certain sort of name recognition that you have to pull in to be able to garner the crowd that you're looking to get. Yeah. And um, so I understand that. I don't have any problem with that. That is just the world that we live in. And that trans, you know, that transitions over into the church world as well. But um, I'm wondering how some of these guys like a thorn or let's say like a, like a, like an at Jared Wilson, mm. how, Jared how, how do C. they Wilson. eventually, because oh, yeah. they're, they're writing a lot of books and they're getting some platforms. How do they eventually transition into that? And let's just say that these are dudes that are not getting any younger either. Yeah. Man, the clock's ticking for these guys, man. Piper, what you do know? you think about that? <laughs> I, I think it's uh, I think the short answer, and I, I don't think this is the the f- the full reason, but I think it's a main ingredient, is that those guys do not head up large enough institutions. Yes. So Joe Thorne is the pastor of a church in St. Charles, Illinois, uh, near where near where we lived before, and it's it's not a very big church. I mean, it's a few hundred, and it's a really healthy church from what I know, and he's a great pastor, but it's a small church in a relatively small town, and he's very good at being the pastor of that church. He is not uh, he's not sort of jumping on the speaking circuit. And Jared Wilson was the pastor of an even smaller church in Vermont. I think it was Vermont. Um, yes. Which is about as far off the beaten path as you can get outside of like the Arctic Circle. So uh, again, you're talking about just small circles of local influence in in areas that are not, you know, it's not the major metropolitan centers. You know, like Tim Keller is is in Manhattan. It's like the cultural center of the United States. Granted, people in Los Angeles might argue with that. You know, there's people in Atlanta. There's people in in uh, all these metro areas, but those are also a lot bigger churches. Al Moeller is the president of a seminary. I mean, these guys are the A-listers, if you will, the ones who sort of get the get all the plenary gigs. They head up really big organizations, and those other guys don't. And I don't think there's, I don't think there's a qualitative difference necessarily in terms of their brains. There, there might be in their speaking, but I mean, even that, I think that's subject to. I think people assume that if you're in a bigger organization, you're a better speaker. 
Yeah, but how I do don't think explain, that's necessarily true. Yeah, I agree with that. And so my, I guess my question is, how do we explain some of the guys that are in the A-list that, that ne- don't necessarily have, you know, like KDY, Kevin DeYoung does not have a ginormous church. You know what I mean? Thabiti right. is planning a church right now in D.C. with like 40 people. I mean, there's like there's, there are factors in place where these guys don't all head up like massive organizations, but yet they found sort of a, a foot or, or a seat at that yeah. particular table. And I, again, I know there's more factors into it than just organizationally, like you said in the beginning. So I'm wondering what maybe some of the other nuances might be with that. Well, I feel like uh, for for somebody like – De Young, it was before he was quote unquote anybody. He and our our wonderful co-host co-authored a book, two books that that uh, sort of launched him into the into the reformed awareness. You know, when right. you've got why we're not emerging and then why we love the church, both of which went sold really really well. He now has continued in the same position, pastoring the same church with a steady hand for quite a few years. And I think, what is that? A good? I mean, what is that? A thousand people at that church? Dude, I don't know that it's even a thousand. Okay. Well, you know what? I think it might be close to a thousand now. Again, good sized church, but not like super mega changing. You know, like it's not the village in Dallas. Yeah, the town is not orbiting around the church. They're not renting an arena. Yeah. So, so there was that. But you also don't see DeYoung speaking too many places. Like he he's not he's not a prolific speaker. I think he pretty much focuses on being a pastor and writing occasionally. Um, I think the Beatty is a thought leader, and he was part of Nine Marks, so he was attached to Mark Dever right. and Nine Marks, which was attached to Together for the Gospel, and so he kind of got plugged in there. But he's also he's a unique voice on. A lot of cultural issues, specifically race these days, being something that people are, are very much focused on. But he also um, he got in on sort of the ground floor, if you will, uh, of the Gospel Coalition blog, and so he went from Dude, being so did Katie Y to be, right. to be yes. honest, man. I mean, those guys were early adopters on uh, on that whole thing. And so now, you know, now the Gospel Coalition is this massive just traffic hub, and those guys, anytime they write something, it gets tens or hundreds of thousands of page views almost passively. And so they've they've uh, gained a reputation and they're now linked to these organizations and so they're they're now regulars. And if my guess is if uh, if Joe Thorne's blog sat on the Gospel Coalition, he would have a similar kind of impact to somebody like the Beatty. I mean, do you think that that's I know and that that begs the question is like is that just an instant well, it's not instant because you got guys like Wilson and stuff on there as well. It's a, it's a timing thing. Like Wilson came yeah. on after, like after the A listers, if you will. He he and somebody like Trevin Wax, who I who I work with at Lifeway, are kind of similar guys in that they're respected. Their online writing is very respected. They speak different places, but like, like you said, it's usually it's breakout sessions, not main stage stuff. And uh, yeah, but I mean, I think. I think we just put people in a hierarchy in our minds. There's the, there's like the Godfather level people. There's the next, there's like the next generation of Godfather level people, and then there's people we generally respect, but they're not, uh, they're not at that, like at that tier. But if you tried to qualitatively point out the difference, in, in a lot of instances, there isn't much of one. Right, Ronnie. Let me, uh, let me, let me ask you a conceptual question here, man. Let's say uh, let's say things break right for you. Let's say as a part of um, just the the untold fame and and 
you know, just excess that you're garnering from uh, from this program. Gospel Coalition comes to you as they should, uh, hat in hand, and uh, and they say, Ronnie, we want you to blog uh, on Gospel Co. We want you to uh, we want you to do a plenary sesh at the next uh, GCO Con. What are you uh, What are you wearing, baby? What are you wearing up on stage, man? I know you're going to agonize over that. What What are Oh, uh, we- you know what? It's I mean, to even start thinking about that because obviously I'd spend more time on that than I would the actual message. So I know, and that's know. as it should. Be, but that's, but you have to. That's I mean, exactly to, how my dad is too. So it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know that that's you guys got to understand. I, I have a crew that that ha- that does research for me. That picks yeah. out seven or eight different outfits. Comes to the house, lays it all out, helps me. You, fit you have things, an associate pastor for that, on. and your and your polity allows for that. You know, absolutely. My denomination is okay with that. Yeah, my church yeah. has approved it. My elders are on board. And I think that's what probably we'd spend 90% of our time on sort of gearing up for something like that. And then at some point, you know, I'd pull a Frankie Chan the morning of grab a couple of notes, jot down a few words and wing it. And, yeah, uh, and cocktail it's not winging it. It's it's as the spirit leads. Absolutely. Yes. And, and by winging it, that's exactly what I mean. I, I think the, the real pressing question is after, after that perfect ensemble is selected and you wear it as the spirit leads do you then press it frame it and donate it to the church or organization where you speak as sort of a my gift to you here sort of like my my anointed clothing do you sell it on ebay as a conference worn clothing item i I mean i i I don't even think you can ask that question i mean yeah because I I can I can say through a friend of a friend of a friend, which means it's absolutely a hundred percent certain that there uh, there is a pastor whose name rhymes with Stephen Furtick, who does that very <laughs> thing when he speaks places. Wait wait wait! Uh, he he, he frames the clothing. He, he will actually donate. Oh, I he love. Will, I donate is the wrong word. Gift. Yeah. He will bless the yes. church where he speaks with the clothing that he wore. And again, friend of a friend of a friend. So that is uh, that. I think that means three sources have confirmed it. If my math is correct, that obviously so means it's true. So that I mean, guys, that has to lead me to a quick sidebar. I'm out with a I'm out with a friend on Friday night, and he he looks at me. I haven't haven't connected with him in about seven or eight months. He looks at me and he goes, he goes, Ron, I've been meaning to ask you, what do you think of a guy? I don't know if you've heard of him, but his name's Stephen Furtick. <laughs> Yeah, that was the silence, and then we just moved on, and we did appetizers, and we yeah, did so. Dude, so so pipe, you're telling me that there are churches out there with framed like like shiny Furtick shirts. You know what I mean? Like the kind of night at the Roxbury shirts that I envision him wearing. Or, like yeah, or suits. Like I think sometimes okay. he goes more like Reservoir Dogs. Um, okay, but uh, yeah, and the friend of a friend who told who who relayed this. They know this because their father runs the framing shop where oh, this happens. World. So, uh, so maybe it has only happened once, but it's a much better story if it happens every time. So let's go with that. That's outstanding. Mm. That's outstanding, fellas. Anything to add to our, uh, our our celebrity hierarchy? I feel like we kind of uh, we wandered I, to and fro, as it were. I, I think uh, we would be. We would be falling down on the job if we didn't put out a call to action, and that is, uh, we want to see we want to see Jared C. Wilson on the main stage at the next Gospel Coalition conference, and Joe Thorne uh, at the next Together for the Gospel. Because wow. I mean, really, why should they be B listers? Right. right. Yeah, and you know what? All the influence, all the sway that we have in those circles. Um, 
Oh, phone calls are being made right now. Phone calls are, yeah, exactly, man. Careers are being made I right think, now. Yeah, shockwaves is the term for what's yeah. happening. Yeah, media shockwaves. Yeah, Jared, Jared doesn't even know what to do with the nine offers that just came in the last 20 minutes, you know? Well, I know, I know what he's what he's what he's doing with uh, with his Twitter account, and that's tweeting about uh, football. Uh, now, Big R, you being <laughs> you being not a football fan, but apparently being a fan of uh, of of keeping tabs on people's Twitter activity on Sundays, man. Talk about uh, talk about where this topic comes from. You were you were astonished by the the volume of tweeting from uh, from from Jay Will and and our own uh, pipe here. Well, dude, at Jared Wilson, I mean, I I like Jared. I'm you know I know him and. Uh, but dude, he uh, you know he tends to have a rep as you know when it's game day. He just literally tweets like every last second of every play of the game, you know, from <laughs> front to back. Only, you know? only, only Patriots games. Just I mean, he would he would really want that fact checked and put clearly. He is he is a New England Patriots fan, and that's who he tweets about. So. Yeah, and somehow there's like a Patriots game on every night, right? So <laughs> um, so then when I saw um, so then so then pipe, I've been kind of noticing um, your tweets. And then I saw you having a little back and forth with at, at JW, and then I thought, well, gosh, man, Pipe is almost as guilty as the incessant sports texting tweeting. And I mm-hmm. just thought, I don't know, there's something to this, and I'd like to kind of call him to the table on that and just say, you know, man, I love you, but, like, d- is this requiring an intervention? Or, like, what? Get, like, explain I, yourself. I think you have some explaining to do with your use of the word guilty, that implies that there was some wrong done. Oh, oh! I'm I guess curious. Just my, we're just talking worldview now, but carry on. Are you uh, so 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 you're bigoted against sports tweeting? Is what you're saying? You have decided that it is wrong, and you're you're uh, discriminating against it. Correct? Um. Okay, guys. You know what I love? You what? know what I love right now? Tension on this program that I'm not a part of at all. <laughs> That's all right. I'll start editing your blog post, and then we can argue. Um, oh, that would be great. Piper, it's actually a compliment to you saying I so appreciate you know the general content of your tweets that when you when you delve into this just this just this uh, incessant like sports tweeting, I just go, man, I I, I just I, I need to I need to turn off my my Piper tweets for a for a yeah, you know, for mute, a mute for three hours. Well, yeah. okay. Here's here's my uh, here's my explanation. Uh, last Sunday from the time we were recording this, I was in a very, uh, I started the day in, in sort of a tense but positive place because my Minnesota Vikings were taking on the hated Green Bay Packers, uh, for the division lead at none of which means anything to you, Ronnie, but that's okay. Um, and then very quickly in the game, it, it just spiraled downhill and I tweeted from a very dark place for about two and a half hours until I turned the television off. And it was uh, incessant. Yeah, that's probably an accurate term. But I will say I only do that when it's what I consider a big game. And I do not consider every Vikings game a big game, unlike uh, the good Reverend Jared C. Wilson, who thinks every Patriots game is equivalent to a Super Bowl. Um, so, yes, last Sunday I would say I, I think I did go a bit overboard. I probably owe an apology to people because it was it was also a very negative tone. I was in a very dark place. Um, it, Piper, you said twice you were in a dark place. I think that's significant. It was, Maybe we need to have a little I mean, off the air that, like, convo. Yeah, yeah we're, talking, we're talking like, yeah, two layers of darkness here. It was mm-hmm. it required multiple hugs from my children and His then – darkness. 
And then, uh, and then I went and watched The Man in the High Castle because dystopian Nazi fiction is way happier than where I was. <laughs> Piper, here's what's significant, uh-huh. though. I mean, you awoke the sports tweeting beast on Sunday when you had a little back and forth with at Jared Wilson. I don't think that's insignificant, man. I think you that know, says I'm, something. I'm looking at at Jared Wilson right now, and, and, and Pipe, it occurs to me that uh, – Jared Wilson is sort of the Teddy Bridgewater of reformed personalities, is he not? I mean, he's Ooh, kind of... That's good. You know, he was a little bit sort of young and exciting a couple of years ago, and now he's just kind of middle of the pack, man, like, like T-Bridge. Are you, uh, are you with me but, on that? But he shows flashes and has the potential to be something much, much more. Dude, every once in a while, there's a little flash. Also, you know? also lacks the supporting cast. And by yeah, supporting cast, I'm talking about the Vikings offensive line. But if we keep talking about this, I'm going to say things that I will regret. So yeah, um, yeah. I should probably back off. Dude, I'm also I'm also looking at this uh, this Twitter feed and not seeing a ton of football on here, man. I see the obligatory, like, I don't know, I posted a cute picture of my kid thing and the obligatory, like, here's my book cover. Like on the hipster desk sort of thing. Are you, are you seeing this? Are you on Wilson's? Yeah, he's got like the Wilson. It's, Wilson, it's it's uh it's it's kickoff okay. to to uh to closing to closing whistle of the football games, and he doesn't uh, he doesn't too much in between unless there's breaking news about Tom Brady and Uggs or something like that. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, I'm seeing it now. I'm seeing it now. But uh, it looks like he did a did he do like a kid book here? I feel like that's the new reformed guy thing. No, that's that, that's not a like kid, a kid book. book. That's I'm pretty sure that's a book for grownups with a kid's cover on it. Yeah, it oh, just I looks see. like a kid's book. It's not a kid's I book. It's oh, pro- right. it pro- I wonder I, if it has coloring pages because adult coloring books are all the rage now. Like if you go into a Barnes and Noble, their front and center is this whole array of adult coloring books, and I don't mean adult like the old adult bookstores. I mean adult like yeah. just coloring books for people who are not in elementary school. Guys, do you great. think that there's a chance that Crossway would uh, would sign us to do a, a, a three co-author adult coloring book? <laughs> Dude, that would be outstanding. T- Ted writes the captions and we draw the pictures. Is that how sure. it works? I love it. I just might want to color it. <laughs> That'd be it's, huge. It's, it's, it's a pre-colored it's coloring a pre-color, book. It comes pre-colored. <laughs> just, you can do it in your in your minimalist fashion. It is it is for the laziest creative adults. <laughs> Dude, there are no creative reform people. So it, coming pre-colored, like telling you how to interpret yeah. the color. <laughs> Having it come pre-colored like, perfectly fits it's, in the It's not even color by numbers. It's we wrote right. the numbers and then we, we wrote just the numbers and the then colors. we colored it. <laughs> how now should we think about this coloring? Like right. Crossway. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. We should do that, man. I'm sure they're listening, you know? Yeah. I'm sure they're listening. I, I've just gotten two deals. I just got two offers in my email. Yeah, your agent's, uh, you know, he's he's – Texting as we speak. Yes, um, guys, this was this was going to be sort of an abbreviated app, was it not? I feel like we uh, we didn't talk sponsors this time because we are we are between sponsors. Uh, Resonate Recordings is still in; uh, they still do the audio stuff. They are still great, but uh, I feel like our sponsor for this app was going to be um, all of our own books. Am That's I right? right? We we are our sponsor. Hmm. We're taking responsibility for sponsoring ourselves. Dude, and you know what? That's the message really for everybody. I mean, really be your, you know, no one's going to be a better sponsor than, than you are for yourself. You right. know? We, we, Think know about that. we know ourselves best. I mean, we can pitch the products in a way that, uh, right. that meet our audience's needs better than anyone else. So guys, do it, man. I'm going to give you the space. Uh, this is your sponsorship time. Pitch your products. 
Ronnie, I think you deserve the leadoff spot here. I, I just, I literally don't have the ability to do that. I mean, again, I, I think nobody has ever known me better than Michael Landon. So if he was alive mm-hmm. today, I feel like I could have him pitch my book. But I, Dude, I just, he, he would, he would just sort of toss your book down that uh, that grassy hill that uh, that half plant tumbles down in the beginning. <laughs> it would just, it would just come tumbling. It would just come yeah. tumbling down the book. So imagine stop your complaining, just yeah. kind of tumbling down that hill. Right. And that's all you need. Now, yeah, that's I, not a metaphor for what people will do with the book when they read it, is it? You know what? I, I leave that up to the audience. I, they I, I don't do whatever know. they want with it. They can do whatever they want with it. They can put it's it out on of a shelf. Hands, they can throw it in the trash. It's totally up to them. Tumble you know? down a hill with it. You know, whatever. I mean, just really just purchase it. That's the starting place. And and since this, this episode will release uh, shortly after... Uh, Black Friday and th- right in the midst of Christmas gift buying season, I think everybody should should just purchase everything that we've published. And that's really the sales pitch here is go on Amazon and search Ronnie Martin and then Barnabas Piper and then Ted Cluck and buy everything. Mm. I think that's, I, don't, I don't have a problem with I think that's that, the call to action. You, you can buy multiples. You can give a copy to everybody you know. I don't think that's too much to ask. You know or what, though? Let, to- me go, let me go one step further than that pipe and let me just – let me just throw out a pitch for my two brothers here and just say Household Gods by Ted Cluck and Help My Unbelief by Barnabas B. Pipe Piper um, are two outstanding Thanksgiving weekend reads that I would recommend to all and there to all a good night. So run, don't walk, down to the mercantile. Ask Nels uh, to, uh, <laughs> to produce copies of, of the aforementioned books and, uh, and happy reading. They'll come in those limited edition wooden covers just for the weekend. That's right, and get on the email, get on, uh, get on Twitter, uh, blow up uh, Crossway, and let them know that you want the pre-colored um, adult coloring book by, uh, by the three of us, by the Happy Ram. And Merry Christmas and to all a good night. Folks, we have wandered to and fro. Uh, until next time, enjoy your Thanksgiving and Rachel the Held Evans. I'm Dr. Lauren DeVille, a practicing naturopathic physician in Tucson, Arizona. In my podcast, Christian Natural Health, my guests and I discuss topics ranging from nutrition, sleep, hormone balancing, and exercise to specific health concerns like hair loss, anxiety, and hypothyroidism. I'll also interweave biblical principles as they apply throughout the podcast because true health is body, mind, and spirit. Listen to Christian Natural Health for free at lifeaudio.com or on your favorite podcast platform.